0: Mya True and Martin and this is the WUNC Youth Podcast. I'm here today with one of WUNC's youth reporters, Star Smith. How you feeling today, Star? I'm good. Star is starting her freshman year at North Carolina A&T. She joined WUNC staff this summer as a part of the 2017 Youth Reporting Institute. She wanted to take a personal look at the stereotypes of life after high school. Star, tell us a little bit about your piece. My story is about two high
1: school graduates. It follows me and a friend, Diana Zambrano. And the story basically is about um, that life after high school isn't necessarily, you don't have to choose college. You can do something else after high school.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Well, let's go ahead and hear that.
1: I have been working at Bojangles for almost two years.
2: Yeah, make it three
1: sixes, please. Towards the end of my senior year, my manager approached me about applying to becoming a swing manager at Bojangles. This leads to more money and a path to management.
2: When you work with a lot of people, you can see the difference with, between people who is more in doing the job and who really want to grow.
1: It was tempting, but I really wanted to go to college. I will be the first person in my family to go. Even though I was playing around with the idea in my head of being a manager and possibly not going to school, I never told my mom.
3: For her to be the first one in the family to go to a university, I'm very proud of her. Watching her, you know, do this, it just inspires me. You know, it just shows me that, you know, if you work hard and and just believe in anything that you want to do, that you can make it happen.
1: It was really hard to grow up wanting to make my family proud by attending a university. The pressure got even more real when my brother dropped out of high school, got his GED, and started working.
3: To tell you the truth, you know, I really didn't know. You know, I was just, I was just watching her grow and at one time I thought she was gonna sing. You know, uh, I know that she has, she's very vocal. You know, she speak speaks well. So when she said that she wanted to go to school for, you know, something dealing with journalism or broadcasting,
1: I was excited. As you hear, my mom really wants me to go to college. That's been her dream for a long time. My friend Diana Zambrano has had a similar experience at home. Just like me, Diana will be a first-generation college student, and her mom really wants that for her. But she's having second thoughts.
4: Yeah, because, you know, I always wanted to go to university, but I always knew that, I mean, I will not be able to, you know, maintain the money at the same time, so, like, I should find a college where it's going to be right for me, and then, because, you know, I don't want to be in debt all the time, because I'll see, like, people from, like, different views, and be like, oh, I'm broke because of college and this and that.
1: Money is one of the reasons Diana thinks going to a university is not for her, but... She also doesn't want to disappoint her mom. She's scared to tell her mom that she's thinking about working this fall instead of going to school.
4: Cause if I tell my mom, like, she'll probably freak out. I mean, I I was thinking about telling my dad, but I know that he's gonna freak out as well. But I mean, it was always gonna be this because I was gonna have to work regardless. You know, I have also I have also bills on myself to pay because I'm not gonna rely on my mom. Diana and
1: I both want to avoid the struggles we saw our moms going through growing up. For me, I'm thinking college is the way out. But part of me wonders, am I making the right choice? For WUNC's Youth Reporting Institute, I'm Star Smith.
0: The story that you produced was super dope. I really, really enjoyed it. And I know it took some time and hard work um, to put it all together. So my first question is, what was the most difficult thing about your process in reporting this story? The
1: most difficult thing about my process of telling this story would be the fact that I had to tell it from my own point of view. So I had to tell a story about myself. And it was hard for me to, to get myself out there into like watching me write about myself and the things that i have went through and how i got to where i am um i was at at first i struggled i think that the story was kind of dry because i didn't put like no emotion to it because i didn't want like everybody to be like oh i feel her something i didn't want anybody to be like like understand like, I don't know. I just didn't want to be open for people because I'm not used to being so open and telling people my story. So the fact that I was writing a story that was going to be produced on WNC radio for, like, a lot of people to hear was, like, a struggle for me.
0: Okay. How did you combat against that? I sat down with one
1: of my mentor, Laura, and she was, like, would we'll be really, like— and we was close so I had like a deep conversation with her like well yeah well this is what I went through and she was like this is what you need to write and I'm looking at her like but I don't want to tell everybody but then I had to sit in a time where like I sat in the office like by myself there was nobody in the office and I just literally just like wrote out everything that was in my head and that's how I combat against it.
0: And then you were able to Go forward and producing the piece.
1: Yeah. There's many times where I wanted to hit delete <laughs> because I'm like, they don't need to know that. But then I just stopped myself because I'm like, if I was an editor or like if I was somebody else, this is what I want to hear.
0: Right, right, right. And it's a story that, you know, a lot of people don't get to tell, you know what I'm saying? So it's pretty dope. And because it's so intensely personal, I just want to know how do you think this fits into the news?
1: This fits into the news because I think that people are the news. Like things that people go through on a day-to-day basis isn't like talked about a lot, and I feel like news incorporate themselves into um, talking like about uh, what a person goes through in the day to life and making it news. So I think storytelling is important in news. So
0: yeah, we had a listening party, and um, when the audience heard your last little quote about, you know, who knows if this is the right decision. And then when you were talking about it afterwards, there was a lot of black parents in the audience that kind of folded their arms and were like, girl, we all know you're going to school. I don't know why you think you're not. I know you probably saw it too. So I just wanna know, um, what did you think when you saw that?
1: When I saw that, I was, I guess it was what was expected with the story. That people's like, college is important and you need to go to school. But um, I remember, like, having a conversation with a mom, and I'm just like, well, you know, that's what my story is about. It's not necessarily going to be me dropping out of high school, but it could be a person that can—it uh, could. It wouldn't necessarily be me dropping out of college, but it could be somebody at any time um, who's out of money and is, like, way in debt— want to drop out of college and because that's life and I guess that's what my story represent and I didn't even want my story I think I wanted my story to break through the black and white picture that is so cool it's you go to college you know you get out of college you get a job but the color picture is that a lot of people like when I went to my orientation at North Carolina A&T they were like, half of the people that you see is not going to be here next semester or even next year because they're going to drop out of college. And that's the real deal. This is life. This is what you got to see that is normal. And people don't go to college and make a career out of themselves and successful and like grind hard to do what they have
0: to do. So, so what did you want those people that see it kind of as black and white to get from your story? That
1: it's not shameful
0: to not go to college
1: or to even, like, drop out of college. That it's okay. Um, That is normal. College is not for everybody. A lot of people can rack up on experience and get a job. And, you know, like, if you look at the statistics, like, college is important because you can make more money, like, when you're outside of college because you went to college and you have experience. But the fact that, like... I just want people to see that college is not the only option, that there is so many roads that I have seen people go down and it's, like, very successful, so. Right, right. What do you think
0: your mother would have said if she, um? well, was your mom there?
1: Um, No. She had to work at, yeah.
0: <laughs> so what do you think she would have said if she heard the story Um, and then your response to the story?
1: She probably would have been proud because I felt like, When I made the story a lot, I kind of thought about her because my mother did not go to college. Um, But in my eyes, like she went down the road and she grinded hard to like get a job at IBM and all that stuff. So I felt like that the story was made for like people like for people that is struggling with the idea of like what they want to do and if they want to go to college. And then it's also cool to represent the people that actually made a living, like, without a degree in college, and it's very successful, and it's making money. And I know, like, when I say that I'm the first person in my family to go to college, everybody's like, oh, really? Like, you know, it's so cool. And some people's like, like, you know, they wish that, like, my mother, like, in their eyes like, you know, I... She's probably like working like a low income job or something, but like we're Your fine. Mom? Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, so in their eyes, like you know, I could see it. Like people would be like, oh yeah, well her mom didn't go to college, but we're we're cool. <laughs> so I just wanted to see that like people actually make a living like without going to college, and it's okay to like not go out, out of college. It's hard but it is also cool and it's cuz there's other roads that you can take upon and as long as you're willing to like work hard you can do like whatever you want to do
0: right right yes i like that how did you choose like what did you think to use your manager and your mom and Diana or was it like like how did you come to this i chose i didn't want to
1: involve my mom necessarily because i'm like oh she's a loose cannon like you never know what she's about to say (laughs) she can be telling them everything and i don't want everything but that's what an autobiography is is she's gonna spill it out on a table do i want everybody to know that i was gonna sing no (laughs) but (laughs) i mean it was cool it it was like personally like a a good experience like my manager um I wanted her to be in it because I wanted her voice on like me being at Bojangles and like how real it was to like have me like as a swing manager or like even to have me as an employee um Diana Diana I wanted to necessarily be in it because I felt like she was the voice of the people that had unwavering decisions or did not want to go to college personally but wanted to make a career and did not know how to to grasp that opportunity so that was also good and then yeah my mom being in this story was like a good thing because she was the voice of the parents like especially the the first generation college students like you know this is I'm about to show my Aggie pride. Like, I am so happy that my child is going to college and this is what she has done. And I was in the brink of tears when I was interviewing her because I was just like, this is how you feel about me.
0: Aww. Like, but it was cool. Yes. Cool. Oh, that's wonderful, man. That was good. I wasn't expecting to hear that, but that's what's up. Well, thank you for being vulnerable and allowing us to get a look into your story and tell the story of other people that are going through this decision process. I think it was really dope. And um, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. I'm Kamaya Truett-Martin with the WUNC Youth Podcast. We just heard from youth reporter Star Smith about the challenge of producing a story about herself. In the summer of 2013, youth reporter Justavis Brooks had a similar experience. She produced a piece that questioned the silence and reason behind her brother's death. Let's hear the story.
3: On December seventh, two 2006, my brother Raphael Eason was shot and killed. I was 10 years old and lived in Virginia. My brother lived with my dad's side of the family in Elizabeth City, a town in the northeastern part of North Carolina. Since his passing, he's been more of a mystery than a memory because no one has said much to me about him or the incident. This summer I began to question the silence and the reasons behind it. I figured there was no better place to start than with my dad, Troy Brooks.
2: I just felt like that as you got older, you to the, the whole story. And I do apologize to you for not talking to you about it. I do. I mean, but it's not something that I could talk about that easy. I can't. So to sit down and tell my daughter what happened, I just keep both of us in prayer, you know.
3: One of the very first responses to loss and grief is denial. Colette Sagala is a psychologist who specializes in family and relationship-based issues. She was able to provide me with some more insight as to why my family may have remained quiet these past seven years. It is so difficult to deal with that um, people will sometimes kind of pack it away, and it's safer for them, they feel, not to talk about it, not to address it at all. While denial may have played a part, the more I dug into it, the more I learned about everyone's different motives. My grandma, Earlene Whitehurst, told me about how the community was in an uproar after my brother's death. No arrests were made initially, and because of that, people were led to believe that his murder had become an issue of race. Ralph, a 22-year-old black male, shot down by a 17-year-old white male. Everyone was angry and hungry for revenge. She took it upon herself to play peacekeeper. I couldn't
2: cry because I didn't want my boys to be upset. But I could cry now. I cried to myself. But around the children, around the boys, around the public, when my children was present, I could cry. Because my boys would have gone crazy. They would have found that young man.
3: I didn't think hearing about Ralph would have such an effect on me. But even after seven years, it feels as if it's happening all over again. Like I'm working backwards. I didn't get to live out those painful moments after his death because I wasn't there. I took a trip to Memory Garden Cemetery to visit Ralph's gravesite. There lay a small blue garden light, a bouquet of purple cloth flowers, and an aluminum placard with his name on it. The one thing that could signify closure was still missing after all these years, a headstone.
2: How can you close that when every day... You wake up, or every night you land there, and I say every day from the day that December the 7th to today, every day I think about what happened. So closure, I don't think I will ever have closure.
3: Headstones represent the end of things, but I believe that putting a headstone on my brother's grave would represent the beginning of the healing process. While it may not be easy to move on, we have to start somewhere. Moving on doesn't mean we'll forget him. It just means we'll find better ways to deal with the pain. It hurts. It still hurts. But
2: God is able to see you through.
3: Over the course of this journey, I had to face all the hurt, anger, confusion, and depression that was kept bottled up over the years. I had to go back and relive the feelings of my brother's death in order to be able to take that one step forward. And while the pain still echoes through our hearts right now, my grandma's words send me a wave of comfort. They reassure me that this is only the beginning of a very long process, but that with love and a little faith in God, my family will be able to work through it. With the Summer Youth Radio Institute, I'm Just Davis Brooks, North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC.
0: That piece was produced by Justavis Brooks for the 2013 Youth Reporting Institute. I'm Kamaya Truett-Martin, and this is the WUNC Youth Podcast. Thanks for listening.